It is once again time for our cosmic conversations with the most interesting man on the planet, at least the man with the best voice on the planet. He is an edutainer. He is a man with a tremendous amount of knowledge when it comes to space, astronomy, and everything else. It is my great deal of pleasure to welcome the one and only Steve Cates, or as we like to call him, Dr. Sky. Steve, it's great to have you back. I can't believe it's been two weeks. Well, good morning, Frank, and good morning to the listeners. How time does fly. It's amazing as we're already, what, deeper into February. So I'm ready and excited for Cosmic Conversation. Indeed. Hey, Steve, let me begin before we get to some of the stuff that's in the news, because there's a ton uh, that I want to pick your brain on. Uh, My son watches Coco Melon. Are you familiar with Coco Melon? Not at all. It's a children's show. The target demographic is, I think, children between the age of two and five years old. And it's a cute enough show. They have songs that uh, teach kids about vegetables, about brushing your teeth, about the alphabet. And recently we watched one about the solar system. And and it talked about how there are eight planets in the solar system. And it went through what each of the eight planets were. And I had to tell my son that was when I was a child, Pluto was also a planet, and there were nine planets in the solar system. So I, I, exactly. I told him the next time I spoke to you, I was going to get your take on why Pluto was downgraded, and honestly, if there's any hope of bringing Pluto back. Well, Frank, it's an interesting story. Let's start with Arizona back. February 18, 1930, a professor that I had at New Mexico State, the discoverer of the then planet Pluto, Clyde Tombaugh. He's working up in the Lowell Observatory, you know, a very cold place at the time, as it is now, during the high altitude in the winter. And he picks up this particular object that Percival Lowell, the founder of the observatory, his life passion after he left his textile business in the East was to help find this elusive object, an interloper beyond that of Neptune, thus Pluto, the god of the underworld. So Clyde finds it. It becomes a big announcement. The New York Times had this big story about it. And it was actually named by a young lady who was in England. She gave the name because they like to have the names of all planets, at least from the historical side, after Greek or Roman mythology names. But here we go. In 2006, a large group of people in a group called the International Astronomical Union, kind of like the UN of astronomy, they get together and they never really had a whole quorum to vote on the very subject because the argument was, what is the definition of a planet? One of the arguments that was raised by one of the astronomers uh, out in California at Caltech, Mike Brown, was that his argument was the planet Pluto, it crosses the orbit of another object, so it doesn't have a distinct, you know, unique orbit unto itself, because Pluto, at you know, certain times in history can theoretically come closer than Neptune. But let's look at the whole solar system. Let's say you're looking at a table, and an egg yolk is just sticking up from the top of the table and the rest of it, if it could be, below the table. The solar system is generally flat. Now, if there are any flat earthers listening to us, they may think, come on to something here, but the solar system is relatively flat. So another argument against Pluto was, since all the planets in the solar system lie within four, five, or six degrees along that flat table, Pluto has an exceptional eccentricity of 17 degrees. So moving fast forward on this, they vote to denote, demote it, that is, to what we call a dwarf category because of its apparent size. But they were kind of wrong because when the New Horizons spacecraft went out to Pluto, by the way, with ashes and remnants of Dr. Tombaugh himself, that must have been an exciting ride. They now figure that this is just a dwarf category of objects because it's too small. But we find, Frank, that it's actually a little larger than we thought. 
but it has five attendant moons around it. And one of the moons of Pluto, just like the Earth's moon, which we always see the same face to it, it's one of those synchronous rotating objects, we find out that the planet, or excuse me, now the dwarf planet Pluto, it now is demoted to a dwarf. But I argue with that too, because once we did this, we had a lot of my lawyer friends, we did like one of these fake trials. And we had the prosecution side for saying, oh, Pluto's not a planet. And we had the defense saying it is. Well, I got to be honest and always will be with the audience. I kind of spiced the deck of the jury. They were my friends and they <laughs> voted that Pluto was truly a planet. But isn't that interesting? But that's an amazing show. And I'm always honest. I wasn't aware of that show for children. I wish I had watched shows like that. Well, no, I, be, uh, I think there is, a lot of, there is a lot of educational value. I mean, look, don't get me right. wrong. A lot of the episodes are just uh, teaching the kids how to sing Wheels on the Bus and things of that nature and what shapes are. But I thought that was an interesting, an interesting show. Interesting. And, and I agree with you on Pluto, and I hope mm-hmm. one day it gets restored. And I've actually um, putting out a poll on Twitter. If people want to, I still call yes. it Twitter. If people want to vote on <laughs> whether or not Pluto should be a planet or not, they can find me on Twitter at Frank Morano and make your voice heard. Frank, M-O-R-A-N-L. Well, Frank, that's interesting because the kids love it. And here's the simple reason. We do a lot of school programs, you know, my friends and I and some of the other people that are in my group. And we did the same thing. And we said, why do you think Pluto should be a planet? And they simply, it's so cute because I wish we had a video of this. Nine out of ten of them would say, you know, it's small, just like me. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's so cute. What's there not to love about that answer? <laughs> I was working in, uh, and I wish I could find the audio of this somewhere, and I've looked uh, for hours yeah. on end. I was working in radio as a producer when Pluto was demoted, and the, oh. the cutest piece of audio that I've ever heard was from a kid. It couldn't have been more than five or six. And, you know, he was uh, doing a man on the street on the news, and they, they mm-hmm. asked him for his reaction, and he said, oh, nobody can go there anymore because it's no longer a planet. Planet. Uh, but the way he said it was quite cute, quite cute. <laughs> well, Frank, this is even more phenomenal. And adding to your story, I was just at the Barrett Jackson car auction in Scottsdale. Why was I there? Because like other people, I love cars. And here I go. I see this gigantic neon sign of the Disney Pluto. So I just had to ask permission to go over the roped area. And they said, well, OK. But that whole item, the Pluto, wow, the big Pluto neon sign about 10 feet tall went for like $40,000. Beyond my budget, but there's the other Pluto that's just cool, too, the Disney Pluto. Indeed. And uh, enough of your delays, uh, Steve Cates. 